Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister here with the CC Podcast Conversations. Andrew and I are in our new office doing a sidekick intro chat for the first time. First one, I feel a little bit like... um, I feel a little strange for a couple reasons. First one, like you said, first new one. Second one, uh, second reason, you know, we we recorded how many of these in your old office, um, next, right next door to my old office, where we had it set up really well for recording things. And I'm, we're looking here, we still have stacks and stacks of foam dampening panels that we had stuck on the wall. Audio and um, Yeah, audio dampening uh, foam panels. And now they're just sitting there when I use them at all. And uh, the third thing is, you know, part of the reason we moved up here is, is we're right next door to this, or right down, two doors down from... Studio. Uh, really great recording studio with, you know, nice tables. And um makes me think of... um Did you ever watch Between Two Ferns with Zach yeah. Galifianakis? <laughs> yeah. It, it feels a little bit like that, like that kind of a little studio. Andrew's sitting here holding his microphone because the studio is not set up yet and it's kind of slapped together yeah so anyway pretty soon we'll get two ferns and you and i will sit between them (laughs) you just listened to this interview that we did with sarah bazinski yeah Uh, actually tim butker and i tim is one of our he is our radio preacher our full-time radio preacher now full-time radio preacher steve kramer retired god bless him for his 15 years of service but tim's our radio preacher and he sat in with me and kind of helped conduct that interview with Sarah Bazinski, and you've just listened to that. What'd you think? I thought it was great. I thought, um, first off, just with regard to Tim, it feels, every time I I mention him and list him as um, our radio preacher, there's like something that feels inadequate about that because, um, you know, we've had had uh, five radio preachers before him, um, and all of them basically did radio preaching and that was and, it and that was it and that, and that was their full job description and god bless them for doing that. i'm not saying they should have done more no no that. but but the fact that tim um you know he's in a handful of our <laughs> podcast seven eight nine uh conversations podcast he he's, did a bunch of the very early covid daily doses yep, exactly he went, he went to nrb with us he yep he's been nrb with us he's done, like and and you know his ministry which is uh mentioned here um it gets a you know we've been partnering with them on on all kinds of stuff just because of so much alignment in terms of of what we're looking at and and you know it just feels like feels like we need to have like a different like a radio preacher and you know or some some like a yeah, little yeah. other yeah like little tagline anyway I, that's um talk about Sarah yeah. Bazinski yeah this um it was a great interview just a lot of um who is she what's her story yeah I mean, without so. Yeah, too much of a spoiler. Yeah, so yeah, we won't, don't want to spoil it, but um, you know, mom who was feeling led to um, to get a um, some kind of Bible um, curriculum to to bring a chapter of this to you know the local area, and through that f- encountered some 
some very heated resistance for yeah. that seemed very tenuous. And know? this is a gal who, if you saw her, and we allude to this in the interview, yeah, um, she just is a mom who's wanting to raise her kids, yeah, in the right way. She's not looking for a fight. She's right. But she felt called to do this, and so now she's kind of been drawn into this, and now she's taken some arrows, and now she has a whole new understanding of, you know, kind of count the cost. Right, right. And there are a handful of things that she said in in the interview that were just, uh, boy, you could like, you could steal them and use them as as book titles almost. Um, there was one thing that she said that that was uh, sort of along the lines of, uh, you know. If, if you're not getting persecuted enough, we got to take a look at what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's, that's a, no, that's, that's a horrible butchering of, of what she actually said, but it was just like a, wow, that is. And if this, if this meek little mom. Yeah. Can swallow that pill. Yeah. The rest exactly. of us saw it too. It's like, this is good stuff. And uh, it's great to have Tim along. I've, I've found that it's uh, interviews. I, the interviews that I do by myself, I enjoy. And there's, I think a lot of good ones, not yeah, necessarily yeah. because of me, but because of the guests that we have. But anytime there's more than two people in the interview, sure. it seems like you can soundboard off each other a little bit yeah. better. You and I have done a handful of them together too, over the years. And, and like you and me and a guest. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, I, I like it. It's a value to that. Um, I mean, it gives, it gives me the interviewer a chance to process and think about what's next yeah. while the other person Tim, in this case, yeah. is saying his thing. Exactly. And then, and all Sarah, the guest, has to do is just respond to our questions so there's no pressure on her to exactly. come yeah. up with anything. Anyway. I like it. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Thank you to Sarah. God bless her and her work. Uh, God bless Inspired Life for what they're doing. And uh, stay tuned to the CC Podcast Conversations. We're going to have, we got a, a whiteboard full of interviews that we want to do, and we're excited about those. I think this might be a springboard for, for a couple of related ones. Um we just have been getting excited today about you bet. Uh, maybe doing a few uh, related just to education generally and what that looks like for sure to be a Christian. Check out involved. the Daily Dose a podcast for a daily Bible overview and check out the broadcast where Tim, Tim Butker is doing preaching weekly. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, Matt Reister here with the CC Podcast Conversations, and I'm coming at you from our brand new, well it's not a brand new, but it's a new office, room 214 at Nazareth. We we got an upgrade, and uh, this is an interview that was kind of thrown together a little bit quickly, and so we just kind of adjusted. The office is still kind of a mess, but I've got with me Tim Butker, who many of you who've listened to our stuff know, Tim is our associate radio preacher on the broadcast for just another week, and then you're going to be the main radio preacher uh, how you feeling about that? 52 weeks a year. Excited about it, Matt. I mean, you know, you don't need to name all 52 at once. I'm going to take them <laughs> one at a time, but looking forward to it and uh, happy to be here today. Good. So Tim uh, brought to us and introduced me to a gal named Sarah Bazinski. Sarah, great to have you here. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Good. You, uh, you're a big podcast veteran. You've done a lot of these. None. None. Not a single one. Awesome. So what's what's cool, and I just want to kind of a spoiler alert before we get into this, is the reason that this is an inspiring story from an interesting Christian or an interesting story from an inspiring Christian. I never get the words right. It's one or the other. But uh, what's inspiring about this story, and I, I think that our listeners are going to hear this unfold, is that Sarah is just a, a regular gal who's trying to serve the Lord 
and who the Lord kind of led to get excited about something, and you've been kind of following his lead in that. It's led you some places that maybe you didn't expect, um, and maybe stirred up some controversy that you weren't expecting. I, I've only met you twice now, and I can just, you know, from the first two times that I've met you, you, you just come across as someone who's looking for a fight. Uh, <laughs> you know, very, very, uh, that's actually not true at all. And so, Sarah, I, I'm excited to hear what this has been like for you because I can already tell from your personality that you're like, gosh, I'm just, you know, trying to be a faithful wife, a faithful mom, and 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 uh, serve the Lord. And uh, He calls you into this, and and here we are. So um, we're going to kind of take a meandering path on telling this story. But what would you say, Sarah? is the thing that God has called you to that has led you to be with Tim and I in here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So over the last couple of years, I've really been feeling a call to um, just serve kids in some capacity. Uh, grown ups sometimes scare me. Uh, kids gravitate toward me and I can relate to them really well. And so um, he's kind of been preparing me for something with kids. And so I've had my ears open um, I was really excited about Awana, um, and we have a lot of great Awana programs here in the Cedar Valley already. Um, and I listened to a radio program on a regular basis, and I heard uh, this gentleman come on and talk about a program called LifeWise Academy, where kids can come learn the Bible during school hours. And uh, that during school hours part is really important because um, that's where kids are all day long, and they don't have to be transported yet again to another place to get some kind of Bible education. And as the more he talked about it, the more it made sense, the more excited I got, um, especially as a, as a mom who's struggled with, you know, do, do we put our kids in public schools? Um, am, am I throwing our kids to the wolves? Um, you just hear more and more about uh, what's happening there and um, how maybe some of what, what they're being taught doesn't align with what they're hearing at home. Um, versus, you know, do we put them in a, in a Christian school, and what would that look like? Uh, so I've wrestled with that a lot. So my ears really perked up when I heard about this program. That's great. And actually, uh, you were in communication with a gal who's also got a podcast. I forget her name. Uh, Car- <clears throat> Excuse me, Carmen LaBurge. Carmen LaBurge. So I've got a clip from that that we're going to play here in a second. But before we get to that, Tim, what are you doing here? Uh, what What's your role in getting connected with Sarah and... Uh, Kind of bring us up to speed on that. Well, you you know about our ministry, Inspired Life, that the Lord really birthed himself a few years back. And we're kind of in this lane of, in Iowa here, educational freedom is something that's growing, expanding legally and all that. And we got involved in this space uh, because when my grandson was born, uh, you know, as a minister myself, I'm thinking about, well, who's going to teach him? Who's going to help shape his worldview? And I actually asked the question during COVID, like, uh, you know, where will they go to school? And I'm going to find out, you know, exactly what they're teaching him. And when I approached some people about it, it basically said to me, you know, we're really not letting parents in right now. Hmm. And something inside me switched in that moment. And I feel like God then started this whole bent in my family's journey. And then it's grown into a, a ministry that has a team to help parents re-engage and be the primary responsible figures in helping shape the hearts and minds of their kids. And it, it still stirs in me in a passionate way. 
And so our ministry, uh, Sarah was actually told to just come talk to us. And when she came and presented this, we hadn't heard of LifeWise either. We, we liked it because you want to help all kids. I mean, we're involved in educational freedom, which is public, private, everything. You want to support every kid possible to help find the freedom of Christ. And that's the worldview we're championing because that's where life is found. And so when she presented LifeWise to us, we said, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, do you want a place to host it? We'll advertise it on our stuff. And we didn't know that it would, what would happen in doing that. So that's how I'm here. Totally. So um, just kind of full disclosure, you know, I've been interested in this whole idea of education and who is discipling our kids. You know, I didn't know I was interested in it until I went to a breakout session in 2007 at a conference that I was at. Totally changed my perspective on a lot of things. My wife and I since then have homeschooled our kids. And I just say right off the bat, this podcast right here today is not a commercial for Christian school or homeschool. Sarah's kids are in public school. It's, it's, I would say, in addition to what I already said, which was that this is an inspiring story from an interesting Christian who's just a regular person who wasn't looking for anything, but the Lord called and she was obedient. But I, but I do, before we go any further, I do want to tap into this whole thing of discipling kids. Like, uh, what what should we think about that? Well, uh, in, in, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's interesting, the, the things that fly around on the Internet out there, which we'll get to. Everyone is helping shape the hearts and minds of kids. Yeah. Everyone in the culture. So we're all discipling our kids, no matter what we say. Yep. The public school's discipling our kids. Private school's discipling our kids. Churches are trying. Families are trying. And so the question comes down to, you know, whose children do we get a disciple? Whose children are they? And what's the, what's the, I mean, that's the spiritual war behind it. What worldview do we want them to have? And it's the duty of Deuteronomy 6 given to us by God. I mean, we are called by God to hear from him, learn from him, and impress what we learn onto our children. And that's the responsibility of every mother, every father, that's the grandparents, that's the Christian community, we're called to do it. And I think we have in many ways punted that responsibility over the years to the, and entrusted others to it. And then now we're paying attention more. I think more and more parents are paying attention and stepping up to the plate. I think that's what's happening with Sarah, saying this is our responsibility. And that's some of what I think is happening we were at a conference. So after we made this decision to homeschool, which is the last thing we ever thought we would do, Jen and I come from public school backgrounds, had a great experience. Um, didn't begrudge it at all. I, in fact, I grew up in Cedar Falls. I imagined my kids being Cedar Falls Tigers, just like I was. And I was excited about that. Um, but after we made this decision, which shocked even us, we were at a different conference, a guy named Vody Bauckham. And I remember th this is the conference with four messages from Vody Bauckham that sealed the deal for me. And one of the things he said, which was shocking at the time, he said, in America, we do not have a discipleship problem. And, and you're kind of like, what? Like, this is like 2009, maybe. Like, things are going down the tubes. We have a massive discipleship problem. He wasn't talking about just Christian discipleship. He said, we don't have a discipleship problem. The, the issue is who is discipling exactly. who and what is 
what are those people being discipled towards? What are these exactly. kids being discipled towards? Yep. And so discipleship is happening. I jokingly, but I'm not joking, say when people, so why do you, why do you homeschool? So I can indoctrinate my kids? Yeah. Shape the like, hearts and minds of our children. Well, you shouldn't indoctrinate your kids. It's like it's, indoctrination is happening no matter where. That's what the whole world does all the time. We're, we're, we're getting fed information that is a jockeying for who's true and who thinks they have the best information. And I mean, <laughs> he's and, totally right. And so, so we, we became um, determined, and Sarah, it sounds like you as well, that we're going to have more of a role in the indoctrination that takes place in our kids' hearts and minds. Um, and in some ways, the lines have never been clearer. Um, you know, one of the things I say often on our Daily Dose Devotions podcast is that the world and our culture are more hostile to the truth of God's word today in America than probably they ever have been. And uh, in that reality, how are we going to respond? We need, we need to know the word and, and help our kids understand it. The stakes are high. And so uh, I, I'm already inspired by just, uh, you, you know, hearing from Tim and about how you've just gotten, how the Lord is at work. Yeah. Just like he did with Jen and I, changing our minds about some of these things that we were kind of on autopilot. You know what I mean? And then it's like, I want to play this podcast clip. But before I do that, is there anything you want to say in response to this? I think it would be good to hear from Sarah, you know, how the Lord touched her in this, just a little bit about her journey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We just, can go there. You know, just tell a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and your faith. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. I grew up in a small town in Nebraska. Uh, we started going to, to church uh, when I was probably about five years old, a little church with about seven or eight people in there. Uh, one of those things where the same man was leading songs, praying, serving communion, doing the whole bit, preaching. Um, and I was blessed in that I was um, exposed to someone who really loved the Lord. He would cry at almost every time communion was, was served. And I remember asking my mom about that. And she just said, well, he's just really touched by what Jesus has done, hmm. done for him. And that really stuck with me. Um, but I think over the course of time, um, I, I really heard whether or not it was, um, you know, I don't think it was intentional by, by any means, but what I was receiving and hearing was um, a, a thing where I needed to be, the righteousness was on me. Um, I, I needed to, to work to be right before God. And uh, so then, as you can imagine, um, growing up, um, you know, if when, when I would fail in sin, then I would be torn up by it. Uh, and then I would start carrying shame. And I did carry a lot of shame for a lot of years um, before uh, God really reached in and showed me that he's uh, wanting a relationship with me and that he's there to, uh, to carry my burdens, that they're wiped away, um, and that there's joy to be found in him. And I think that I, I can say safely that that has happened in the last seven years or so. Um, even since I just had uh, my oldest, my oldest child, and um, you know, by his grace, she started asking questions uh, that she was coming back from. She went to preschool at a, um, at a Lutheran preschool, and she had some questions about the Old Testament that I didn't know the answers to. So I'm like, okay, I have to buckle in and start reading uh, the Word more seriously, study the Word, not just read the Word. Um, and 
through that through that process, um, God just really started uh, revealing Himself to me in, in more real ways, um, and yeah, through that I just started to understand. Okay, life is not life at all when when you don't know the Lord, and um, you know having kids uh, kind of broke me in a new way of just realizing the or feeling this weight of responsibility that we need to shepherd this mm-hmm. this young girl. And then now I have a son too. We need to shepherd these kids in a way that they can function in this world. Um, I've, I've said several times, I feel like in the last several weeks, I just, I just don't know how people can navigate this world without knowing the love of Christ um, because it's dark. And if you can't see that light, um, I just, I have a, I have a burden in my heart for people who are just walking, walking in darkness. And um, I want my kids and the kids that they're growing up with, their peers, to be exposed to um, to Jesus and know that there is truth and, and, and love and to feel um, genuine love that, uh, you know, many, many kids are blessed with really loving parents and loving families, but even so, that love is tainted and that love will bring disappointment. Um, so there's only one perfect love. There is one perfect love. Yeah. So what, what you're talking about there is in your journey, you went from kind of works-based religion to grace filled relationship with Jesus. And it's touched you so deeply and you understand now, uh, this mystery of our salvation and you're just wanting to have, others experience it. I mean, this is your transformation. Yeah, that's right. And you, you feel it for your family and your kids, but we're getting to the point now where the Lord is even calling you into a ministry in this. Um, what, what did you hear her say there, Matt? Well, I, one thing I want to touch on is I think, this is another thing I say all the time uh, on our other stuff. I think there are a lot, lots and lots of of people who call themselves Christians who probably few of them even listening right now who have all along thought what you just, I thought the way you said it was so great that the righteousness, the responsibility for righteousness was on me. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be good. I need to be the one that performs so that I, and, and even, even Christians who are well-versed or somewhat well-versed in this, who know that's not the right answer still live that way and with that perspective. And so um, maybe this is a little bit too personal of a question, but you said in the last seven years, this is really, you know, you've grown in this way. Would you, and, and maybe you don't know, but would you say that you were a believer before seven years ago? Yes, I was an okay. avid believer and I, I wouldn't have said that that's what I was doing either, right? That I was um, carrying the burden of righteousness myself, but something in my brain hadn't flipped yet that, um, no, Jesus, like Jesus loves me was kind of just in in quote marks around it. Like, of course he loves me. He has to, (laughs) right. Not like uh, he gets to. And I, um, I think I didn't understand the level of intimacy, uh, that comes with that, Mm -hmm. um, and how beautiful that is. And, um, ever since he's revealed that to me, just even the way, um, you know, I think about human relationships has 
changed immensely. And uh, like just the incredible example or, or model or uh, design for it all, uh, it just, it's, it's all making more and more sense uh, the more I yeah. grow to understand his, his love and desire. Like it's not, it's an, I'm not an imposition on him. Mm. <laughs> he, uh, he wants that time mm-hmm. with me. Tim. Well, yeah. She's just, I mean, to me, I listen to it and I just, you know, there, there's the deep grace of transformation mm-hmm. and to see that that's happening with her at, at this deep level. And it's, it came through her children. I mean, how many moms or dads have been prompted to actually new levels of depth in their faith because of their kids? God gave them children. Yep. And then to see it, it, it even as I listen to it today, you forget what a miracle it is. Mm-hmm. Life transformation. Not, not religious behavior, not church attendance, all this stuff. But when the Holy Spirit of God actually helps you understand grace and starts to transform your life. I mean, it is, it's miraculous. Tim, you do a good job of this when you're preaching. Would you spend three or four sentences on righteousness that's up to me versus the righteousness that Christ gives me and the importance of getting that right? Yeah, I mean, it's so clear in the scripture. Uh, Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness are we saved but by his grace. There is nothing we can do to be saved and nothing we can even do to transform ourselves. But we can, under his prompting, open our hearts to him, be cooperative with him, and let him do his work in us. And that's the first thing I noticed about Sarah when she came into our meeting. You know, some people come in and they're they're talking about and they're sharing about what they want to do. And you can almost feel the human flesh in it, the their own effort in it. Their agenda. Yeah. But with Sarah, it was like, this is something God has supernaturally birthed in her. You can see it in her heart. She's carrying this responsibility before God and the authenticity of it. And there are so many people who've gone to church their whole life and don't have this authentic depth of relationship with Christ. I mean, I worked in a retirement home with and I, I met numerous people. One gentleman I'm thinking of right now, 86 years old, was a deacon, seven kids, raised them all in the church, came to faith when he was 86 years old hmm. and authentically got what is happening right here. And the tears just flowed from hmm. him one Sunday morning when God opened his eyes. I mean, and so, and when you do experience that, like Sarah's describing, she wants others to know it. Yeah. Like that's where these ministries, true ministries are birthed out of. And then God puts this burden. And so, you know, it's just fun to hear it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I think it's important to highlight that it's nobody's fault for having that. Like they, like, like I said, I would have described myself as a Christian before then because I desired to be on God's side. Right. Um, But then you know, it's just scales falling from our eyes one day, yeah. like God touches us or approaches us or confronts us. And, and then that's when, um, transformation happens. And it's, it is, it's a miracle, yeah, like it is. nothing short of a miracle. Um, I, we can decide to keep this or not, but I'll share it because it's my testimony. Um, you know, uh, up until even just four years ago, um, I was growing in my relationship with the Lord, but I was still just very, uh, contained, um, in, in worship with, to him 
Um, and uh, I think the night that um, really uh, solidified for me that I am the Lord's was I had, um, had a newborn. I woke up to, to nurse him um, and was doing that. And I'd kind of just kind of fallen asleep, whatever. I, I was in this dream state and I was worshiping in my dream. And for the first time, I rose my hand in worship, which I never had done that before. And in that moment, um, in the state, I just saw uh, this beautiful light. Um, I don't know how else to say it other than it was a colorful light that just overwhelmed me, um, along with just this feeling of utter contentment and joy, like more fulfilled than I had ever felt in my whole life. Um, And it was so impactful that it changed the way I worship. Um, I recorded myself trying to recount it. I wrote it down like, Lord, you know, in the future, if I'm struggling, please do not let me forget this because, Mm. um, I mean, the only way I can describe it is maybe I caught just a glimpse of, of his glory and I want that. And that is enough to keep me, Mm. uh, focused, uh, toward eternity. I'm definitely no longer any fear in death. Uh, that's awesome because I'm looking forward to experiencing that just because I'm curious was it a specific song that you remember I don't remember no okay the thing I'm thinking about is you know she's describing something that is in line with the Christmas story I mean all of a sudden the shepherds have this experience Mm. Mary has this experience Elizabeth has this experience Zachariah and people think maybe God's not still doing that today Mm. but listen to what she's describing yeah at night, you're with your son late in the dark, and God breaks through, and he, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it was really fun because I had been in this practice of, uh, you know, reading through scripture and then journaling pray, prayer back to him based on what I was reading, and um, I'd been just looking back and just a couple weeks before I had been praying, not even knowing, like, Lord, let me see you, let me see you more clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to be able to highlight that as, uh, as answered prayer was, That's awesome. was amazing. Um, for, we're recording this on, what is it? December 23rd. Mm-hmm. So it's a timely yeah, tie back Christmas. to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure when this will be published, but. Well, I just gave a sermon called when you can't help yourself. And here she is describing going from being a, you know, what you might call very controlled person Reserved, to raising yeah. her hand and changing yeah. her style of worship yeah, because she can't help herself. Yeah. That's She's cool. tasted. And now something that was brought up here, Tim, you mentioned it was when she came into the meeting, mm-hmm. to, uh, what meeting? Um, and, and let's go to that. So she got, you know, touched to do this life wise um, thing, which we we're going to learn about that yeah. a little bit. And uh, she was told by a couple of people, is this right, to call, uh, to get in touch with Inspired Life. Yeah, that's right. As I was just kind of networking and trying to uh, gain community support for this whole idea, uh, two separate people said, well, have you heard of Inspired Life Ministries? You need to go talk with them. This is right in line with what they're all about. And so um, when the second person brought, brought them up, I thought I'd best reach out and did. And then... Um, yeah, Tim was gracious enough to invite me in to, to share with the team what we were up to. And so she brought a, a little summary of LifeWise and, and how it works and sort of the legality of it and uh, the way it's been started and how it's grown and all that. <clears throat> but she came in and you could just 
tell that something God has stirred in her heart and is leading her to. And that's how, that's how we ended up. And what's inspired life? Inspired life is, did you already talk about that? Yeah. Oh, a little bit. I must've zoned out. Didn't we? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but I'll just say this about inspired life. You know, it's, it's our goal to help shape the hearts and minds of our children in conjunction with anybody who's open and it's public private. Um, we just want to be involved in the arena of shaping the hearts and minds of kids. And so this fell right in line with that. So I'm going to ask you before we listen to this podcast clip, how did this connection get made? And then afterwards, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you some questions about what's on there. So you don't need to go into detail about what's covered in the clip, sure. but how did you, I forget the gal's name and yeah. we're going to link this entire interview in the show notes, but sure. Yeah. I listen to a talk radio program every day. Uh, um, it's called faith radio. Um, and the gal's name is Carmen LaBurge. Uh, and back in the summer she had, um, like I said, held a program talking about LifeWise Academy. So, um, since then I've, uh, just been, you know, trying to find, find the way with this. Um, and, um, leading up to, I guess, let me back up a little bit. The first step in getting this whole thing going is gaining uh, signatures for community support. Once you do that, then they say, okay, now you need to hold a community kickoff meeting to invite the community into uh, understanding more about what uh, LifeWise is and um, just kind of level setting that with people. So, um, you know, Tim had mentioned like, they allowed us to use their space to hold the meeting and everything. And then we had learned the night before that there was um, some people trying to organize uh, some kind of a protest or wanting to picket the event um, that night. And, and so, uh, you know, that dropped me to my knees in, in prayer, and I, I wasn't sleeping the best that night. Um, I was okay. I wasn't, I wasn't scared, but it, it was distracting, right? So... Um, at about 3 a.m., I had texted Faith Radio and said, hey, do you remember um, having this, this program on last summer? Uh, just so you know, we're doing this community kickoff meeting, and this is happening. Will you please pray? Uh, and um, the main host was on vacation, um, but the, um, her producer was filling in, and he uh, prayed for me on air. And then the host texted me from her personal line and, and said a prayer for me. Uh, and then just a couple days ago, uh, I got a text from her saying, hey, can you update me on what's going on? We're having Joel Penton on to talk about LifeWise again, and we would like to share your, your backstory. And so and Joel is the president of LifeWise. Yeah, Joel yeah. is the CEO of yeah, CEO. LifeWise. Yep. And so how this is going to go, I'm going to play this clip from Carmen LaBurge's show, mm -hmm. which references kind of what you described, except in more detail. And then this other guy comes on afterwards Joe, Joel Penton, Joel Penton. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not going to play that, but y you can hear it, it's informative about what LifeWise is, but we'll get into some of that with you after this. So back in July, <clears throat> we talked for the first time with Joel Penton um, from LifeWise Academy. And on the 12th of December, I got a text from a listener. Her name is Sarah Buzinski. She's in Iowa. And she texted me that they were having a community meeting um, to launch LifeWise Academy in their community. And she asked me to be a part of those who would be praying. And of course I said yes. And I subsequently asked Sarah to send us the story of how this all came to be. So I want to read Sarah's email um, to you this morning. Sarah says, 
I heard about LifeWise Academy on Mornings with Carmen when Joel Penton was on the show in the summer of 23. I was moved to sign a community interest list. I was a bit surprised that I was the first to sign up for my daughter's school district. God had been stirring me to work with kids for a while, and I perceived that he had prepared some level of work for me um, through LifeWise. My first inclination was to collect signatures of community support for my daughter's school district. Um, so we open enroll her. I don't have a network established in that town, uh, and so I was not gaining traction. And then I heard a whisper. There were lots of kids in Waterloo and Cedar Falls who need to know Jesus. So I started lists for Waterloo and Cedar Falls, and God moved. Collecting signatures for these school districts was slow going at first, but then God moved, and we went from just over 20 signatures for Cedar Falls to over 50 in one day. As I networked, two separate people suggested that I contact Inspired Life, a local ministry with a mission that aligns with LifeWise. So I reached out, and they invited me to come and share about LifeWise at their team meeting. There was obvious overlap in mission, and they graciously offered a location to hold our community kickoff meeting, and they helped promote it in their newsletter and on social media. Many people, those who celebrate Inspired Life's efforts and those who do not, follow their ministry because they do a lot of public-facing work to enable Christian education options for surrounding communities. So I'm not on social media, so I was a little surprised to get a call the night before our community kickoff meeting saying there was an effort underway to coordinate a protest outside our event. So I enlisted multiple groups in my circle of prayer, including Faith Radio, and my prayer was that God would lead us clearly, stir hearts, and maintain peace, that he would assert his authority over the property and the meeting, and he was faithful. We had 11 people there. Two were clearly there to somewhat sternly investigate. Two others were clearly there to just take notes and video, working to report back to something called the Bad Mom Society. (laughs) But God allowed the meeting to flow without disruption. There are countermeasures being taken. There's apparently a Say No to LifeWise Academy petition going around, uh, and they've already got 100 signatures. We only have 71 on our community support list. So I pray Um, that people will be led to sign in response to the anti-petition. So this, um, by the way, this is Carmen speaking. If you're listening right now and you're in Waterloo or you're in Cedar Falls, um, your help and support in this effort is really needed. If you'll text me, then I'm going to direct you to the community support list um, where where you can add your name to the community support for LifeWise Academy to be in Waterloo and Cedar Falls. Um, and um, would just love for you to engage in that way. Um, Your heart is aligned with this. You want kids to know the good news of the gospel of Jesus, uh, and this is a way for you to get on board and support that in your own community. So if you could text me at 877-933-2484, I'll send you the direct link um, to the community support list that Sarah started after hearing Um, hearing about this ministry on Mornings with Carmen. You can become a part of this exciting work of God in uh, in the Cedar Valley. Okay, now back to Sarah's email. She says, there are 10 steps to get LifeWise Academy going in a school district. We are at step four, forming a steering committee. We've already collected 50 signatures. We've held a kickoff meeting. We've raised $500. um, And now we're forming a steering committee. We've got two people on it, but we need at least one more. 
Then we'll draft a plan, obtain school approval, recruit a team, train a team, execute the plan, and launch. It's all in God's timing, and we're praying um, that we are faithful to let him lead and not try to rush out ahead of him. Sarah then asks all of us to pray with her. She says, fully acknowledging this is a battle. I'm praying for this not to be a divisive program in our community, but one that is fruitful and blesses students and schools. We have to be aware of the enemy and his ways, but God will disarm, and I'm going to let him be the one to fight. I'm praying that we can win people over through prayer and that the chains of bondage would be broken, that we would be like Stephen and have faces like angels so that no one can have anything to say against us and that God permits only his words and his intentions to flow from anyone associated with LifeWise in our community and that ultimately more kids would grow to know the saving power and love of Jesus. So Sarah, I know you're listening right now. You have our full support and we're so thankful for the way God used Faith Radio to bring LifeWise Academy um, to your attention and for the children and the generations to come who are going to be blessed as kids are exposed to the Bible during school hours. Uh, again, if you're anywhere in the Cedar Valley and you want to join in this effort to bring LifeWise Academy um, to Waterloo and Cedar Falls, send me a text, 877-933-2484. I would love to get you connected with Sarah Buzinski. So fittingly, next up, we have Joel Penton from LifeWise Academy joining us with stories of transformation and hope as kids across America are being exposed to the Bible during school hours. I'm so excited um, to have this conversation. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Bang. That's awesome. So uh, <clears throat> the Bad Moms Club, is that what that's called? I would never heard of it, but apparently there's some group on Facebook. I have so much, so much to say <clears throat> responding to that. Go for it. You know, one of the things is... Um, Obviously, the advertisement went out online, and it, it, it talked about LifeWise kickoff. And I can see how people would experience the promotion as something that's already happening in our public schools and kind of misinterpret it. Um, but if they look into it at all, they would realize that this is totally legal. I mean, you can't believe the separation of church and state, the name Sarah was called online, um, the sort of reporting idea of reporting to the satanic temple, what's happening. I mean, all these things. What what are you talking about? This, this was online in some of these. What do you mean reporting to the satanic temple? Well, they, they were, they were seeing this as a huge threat to, I don't know what the public school institution or something. And in the comments through all of this online, there was name calling, there was uh, counter, you know, petition signed, and there was people saying we need to report it to the Satanic Temple in Iowa. That's uh, that's a legit thing that people yeah. were literally saying. Yes, and and then in the <laughs> the idea of forming a protest. So what I want to say though, first of all, is if they would have looked into it at all. Yep. If they would have actually done any due diligence, they would have found out one, um, it's off public school property Two, it's totally free of charge and three it is totally optional for kids and they need parental permission to go and they didn't you know they just assumed the worst and ran with it 
to the point where as my daughter was watching this unfold, she started to get nervous and she called me. And when she explained to me all that was happening, I'm thinking of Sarah and the people who are showing up. And this is, you know, I just simply said, well, what should I do? Well, we should probably just simply for safety's sake have a, a police car drive by. Well, you called me and we're like, hey, I can't be there right away. Right. Could you stop over? Right. And so because that's I how I got connected to this. I didn't know what was going to happen. And so the police were gracious. They said <laughs> this kind of thing's happening more and more. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely drive by and, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you're, you're praying as Sarah's praying, you know, it's all, it all goes fine. And in the end it, it all did, but I just didn't, didn't see this coming like that. Um, we're talking about a simple optional teaching our kids the scriptures that have been there for centuries. I mean, <laughs> and to, to think that people got so up in arms about that. Uh, it's shocking. Yeah, I think I fully anticipated some level of spiritual warfare, uh, but just the fact that we we don't even have a plan put together. This is just, we were at the stages of trying to understand the the level of community interest. Uh, So I I was just a little taken off guard at how quickly people uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) opposed opposed this. were you going to say something? No. I want to touch on two kind of things underneath this discussion before we get more to Sarah's part of it. But one is in this Joel, I keep Penton. forgetting his name, yeah. Joel Penton in, in the segment after what we just heard from that radio program, which we'll link in the show notes and people can listen to for themselves. He talks about how there's constitute or there's a, Supreme Court precedent for this to be totally okay. So I want to touch on that. And then the other thing I want to touch on is this false idea that people just assume is constitutional called the separation of church and state. And I was first corrected on my understanding. I thought separation of church and state was in the Constitution. And, and I think I was corrected on that sometime in the early 2000s. Yeah, I, I just heard a couple people saying that again the last and, few years. And I am still just stunned and staggered that people think that there is in the Constitution of the United States this mandate for separation between church and state. Furthermore, you, you want to get into that at all, Tim? Do you want to? I mean, it, very simply, the, the it was written simply to guard the state from taking away religious freedom, but still allow the church faith to still influence the state in a personal way. It's, that's very simply and what I, it means. And I'll just, a little bit further in the weeds, but not too much. It's a personal letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists who were concerned that the government was going to start to dictate to them how they could practice their faith or their religion. And in a personal letter, not, not in a founding document, not in a constitutional amendment, in a personal letter, Thomas Jefferson said there is a wall of separation between church and state. And what he was referring to was a, not a constitutional thing, but it's this idea that in our founding documents, there is protection for religions and faith communities from the government. That's exactly what they fled from in Britain. Exactly. And and so to suggest 
that there is a constitutional mandate for separation of church and state is A, false, and B, if there was, the intent is to stop the flow from the government influencing religion rather than to stop the flow of religion influencing government. Guys, it says in God we trust almost everywhere in Washington, D.C. The the state capitol House of Representative chambers were used by the permission of Thomas Jefferson, who was then president, the same guy that wrote that letter, by a Christian church. They met in the state, uh, the House of Representative chambers to worship every Sunday, and he attended once in a while. And so this notion that you can't have Christianity in the public square is complete nonsense. And these people who keep bringing this up, it's like, where were you for third grade physics? Well, or, I mean, civics, you weren't there, and they they didn't teach it. I I obviously get riled up about this. And clearly, the Founding Fathers wanted our moral and religious convictions to influence (laughs) all of life. There's no question in that. Yeah, so so the, there's that. Um, what about this this Supreme Court precedent? You want to talk about that at all? Just the the ability of uh, schools to have faith based uh, content taught as an optional thing off premises. This so this is not some radical yeah. new thing. I think mm-hmm. if you listen to that. Joel Penton thing. It's like 1956 or 1960 yeah. something where this 50s. was established. Mm-hmm. And literally, I mean, you know, this was reported to the Satanic Temple, and I guess where where some something like this has been done before, they they raise up a counter program, and they're free to do that. Yeah, I mean, they they act like it's a bit, you know, well, we're going to raise up a counter program. Fine, go, go have it. your program. The, uh, America allows that, and the freedom allows that, and so. Um, it's just very simply, it's just legal. It's legal. You want to, you want to develop a relationship with the school so that you can, you know, have good rapport with them, but there's not, there's no law against it. Allowing kids in their free time to be taught any kind of religious instruction off, off site for free that parents give permission for. It's just that simple. I mean. And I think we can also just look to the positive impact. I mean, this this isn't a new, well, it is relatively new. They've been, um, LifeWise has existed since I think 2019. Uh, but there are over 300 schools now with, with LifeWise programs. And so they've been studying the impact of it, the positive impact, and what teachers are saying, what parents are saying, and just quantifiable data that um, attendance is going up in schools with LifeWise. Um, and... Uh, disciplinary action, need for disciplinary action is going down, so fewer suspensions in, in and out of school suspensions. And uh, they have reason to hypothesize that by year four of having a LifeWise Academy in the schools, um, that like the, the academic piece of it is, is seeing improvement as well. Um, because it's only been around since 2019, this, this next year will be uh, the tale to tell in that regard. Um, but they have reason to hypothesize it. And there's, um, they had a, a renowned national agency do a study on that. And so that's all available on their website too. So very encouraging just as far as the, um, what schools can look forward to in having a program like this. Mm-hmm. I think we, got, we can't focus on um, what people are fearing in, associ- mm-hmm. in association with this, but more so like anticipate the positive impact yes. 
and we can we can look at studies to show that there is a very positive impact. And I would just highlight, you know, for people who don't go to listen to Joel, that they, their goal was to have 25 life-wise programs by 2025. Mm-hmm. And here we are in 2023, rolling into 24, they have over 300 life-wise programs in thousands of school districts, he said, that have contacted them. Mm-hmm. So you, you can see that obviously the fruit of it must be good. Yeah. I mean. That's awesome. What I want to talk to you about, Sarah, is this whole spiritual warfare thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm, 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 I'm made for spiritual warfare. And I don't want to be cocky about that because the only reason we have success in, in the spiritual battles that we fight is because the Lord covers us. It, this isn't something that I muster up my own strength or you muster up your own strength. We're totally dependent on the Lord. Um, but that's not a concept that I shy away from. I actually started buying camouflage shoes and hats and I wear them once in a while just to remind myself that we are constantly as Christians who believe the Bible, who believe the gospel, we are constantly under attack. We are at war. And there are a lot of Christians who, um, maybe aren't as aware of that, but as soon as they start to step out like you're doing. And, and respond to the Lord's call in their life, they're met with this, whoa, I wasn't looking for that. I was just trying to help my kid do something that I thought was pretty innocuous and everyone would be a fan of or whatever. What has it been like for you? Has your understanding of the spiritual warfare that we're in developed as this has unfolded? I mean, some, yes. I think, uh, you know, leading up, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been recognizing or I had been recognizing um, that scripture tells us we will be mm-hmm. met with persecution mm-hmm. um, as uh, followers of Jesus. And I started thinking to myself, well, what persecution have I <laughs> experienced? Like, what what does this mean for me? Um, and and so on one sense, I was kind of like I've, I've been anticipating it at some level. Mm-hmm. In another sense, I'm like. You know, am I being obedient to the point where I mm. will experience persecution? Maybe not. And so I was starting to hmm. um, just kind of feel that tension. Um, and, you know, as I had been networking for uh, LifeWise Academy, uh, one of my dear friends, you know, told me, uh, you know, you are putting a target on your back and you're putting a target on the backs of your kids. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I was like, <gasps> You know, like, mm. yes, I can take it, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily want that for my kids, mm-hmm. but I can trust that the Lord, um, is going to be taking care of them. Mm. Um, you know, as you started to bring up spiritual warfare, um, I don't, again, this is just <laughs> my testimony. We can talk about it or not. Uh, but I, I did have a dream a couple of years ago, just about, uh, I was um, like in the middle of this, this courtyard, a small, uh, I don't know, patio type thing, courtyard. And there was fire coming from all around surrounding me and my family. Um, And uh, it was rushing in on us and it was inevitable that it was going to consume us. Uh, So as it approached, I just kind of fell over with my family. And the moment that the fire should have consumed us, this dome of protection came over us. Hmm. Um, and so while I don't look forward to yeah. any kind of persecution, um, I, I can say I truly don't feel fear. I know that we'll be mm-hmm. taken care of. 
Amen. So, um, yes, I believe that it's there. I believe it's real. And I believe that God's going to move in the, the meek and lowly. I also have been thinking a lot about um, how he pared down armies down to just 300 people yeah. to Gideon. fight really, yeah, of Gideon to fight this big battle so that nobody can say that it was um, right. the power of chariots armies or an individual, but of the Lord. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just fully trusting that, uh, that he's got us and he's proven time and time again that he's got I us. Love I want to highlight for our listeners something you said that is, is so, uh, man, you were wondering if you were being obedient enough <laughs> to draw the persecution that the Bible basically promises. And I think that's a great litmus test for Christians. Like, honestly, I'm not saying go look for fights. I'm not saying, and and honestly, personally, I have a little bit of that in me. I know you do, Matt. (laughs) So, so I need to dial it back on that side of the spectrum. But if you're sitting here and you would call yourself a true believer in Christ, you're a son or a daughter of God through faith in him, you're covered with the righteousness of Christ. Part of that deal is going to be persecution. And if that is not happening, and I'm not saying, praise God, we live in America, where we're not getting our heads lopped off Mm -hmm. for going to church or whatever. But there has to be some level of um, out of stepness with the world that would draw some level of discomfort or hardship, even at a minimal level. That, that, that's part of being a Christian. And, and comfort is a great value in America. I mean, just comfort. And it's interesting, two days after the event, you're talking about, you know, your friend telling you you're putting a target on your back and your kids. Two days after the event, my daughter, you know, she follows things that are online. She's reading it. And she calls me and says, Dad, you know, um, there's a lot of people who don't like us. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know what a lot is, but... Um, are you scared? And she said, I couldn't tell, you know? And I just simply said to her, you know, if our legacy is because we did stuff for Jesus Mm. and we got shunned for it, it doesn't matter in eternity. We'll be happy. Amen. And it, it was hard for me to hear my daughter's voice be a little nervous, you know? And, but that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a war we're in. And in the thing that I kept thinking about Sarah when she's talking here is she has in her life in this time learned how to find shelter in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to the point where the dream was she's even sheltering her family. Mm-hmm. And in the end, that's the only shelter we all have, uh, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because... You know, it's nice to talk about advancing the kingdom here and all this stuff. But in the end, when you read the full story, Mm -hmm. I mean, if we don't find our shelter in the Lord, period, it's not good in Mm -hmm. the long run for all eternity. Mm -hmm. People that don't find their shelter in the Lord. And so some of that helps us draw closer to him and get stronger in him. And and, uh, this is just so good, you know? Yep. What what I just come back to is... So many people in our audience, whether I, I hope they're naturally identifying with Sarah, mm. and I think that a lot of them are, but there are so many people, and I talk to them all the time, Tim, I know you do too, who are becoming increasingly serious about the Lord. Mm. Um, and in America, and in the, maybe in the West, we've kind of 
presented the gospel or we've presented a relationship with Christ as mostly benefits for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we talk about lordship and, and Jesus as Savior, where we believe in all the things, we believe in Jesus and we get all the benefits of Jesus as Savior. We get saved, we get to go to heaven, we get his righteousness, we get peace, we get purpose, all these things. But the other side of the same coin is Jesus as Lord. And Jesus as Lord requires things from us. And not things that we earn our salvation through, but things that if you're going to be a true disciple, um, there are some requirements here that you're going to have to fulfill. And the good news is that the Holy Spirit of God who lives in us as a result of our faith compels us to fulfill those things. It's not even something that we have to muster up on our own. But this is the hard stuff. This is the stuff we don't want to do. I, I don't want to be persecuted. I don't want to be disliked. I don't want to be mocked and scorned in the public square or on social media or whatever. But this is all part of the deal. And so, um, you know, the life-wise aspect of this story for me is kind of, a, and I know it's the central piece for you, but but what I'm, maybe not the central piece, but it's a piece that kind of is the rallying point for where you're at right now with this particular initiative. But for me, what I love is that we're presenting a young lady who you can obviously tell is very well-spoken. Um, it, it's just kind of like a lot of moms that live within 10 miles of here trying to do the right thing and love Jesus and all this. And now all of a sudden God calls me into something that I get excited about, but then some resistance comes and now it's like, I'm kind of growing up a little bit and, and I, and I'm, and I'm learning what we're up against and what the co- I'm learning more about what the cost is of following Christ. And I'm just sitting here. I wish people could see this, but I mean, um, Sarah's doing fine. I mean, she's not cowering in a, you know, in the fetal position, sucking her thumb. Um, I'm guessing this isn't what you were looking for at the beginning. You know, I, um, but you're navigating this very, very well. And the Lord is using you and will continue to use you powerfully. And, and you're likely experiencing things and being used by him in ways that you never imagined. That's true. Yeah. And, and the Lord is sustaining me like, mm. <laughs> right. At uh, just the right time, just when I'm starting to feel a little bit um, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. uh, he's provided a boost of encouragement or uh, a word from someone or uh, just the knowledge of his hand over me. Right. Um, so very much sustaining me. I, I think too, it's funny you, you talked about, um, growing up, mm. I was just telling a uh, a new friend recently that I, I feel like the Lord's been really gracious over the course of my Christian walk to um, grow me slowly mm. in a way that won't just snap me in two, yeah. right? And um, these last couple of weeks, I will say, I feel like he's asking me to grow a lot more quickly than he <laughs> has in the past. And it's, um, it's drawn some tears, but it's also drawn some, uh, like, put me and put me where I need to be on my knees and more wholly reliant on him. And, um, man, that's, that's worth a lot right there. Like Mm -hmm. he's being so good to me just to Mm -hmm. show me, um, that yes, you need me and yes, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. 
Talk about the parts of this growth. You said even the last few weeks, he's he's the pace of growth is a little faster than maybe has been required in the past. And the tears, what has that been about? What what's been stretching for you in this? What has caused tears? What is what has made you most uncomfortable, or some of the things that have made you uncomfortable? You know, it's it's from all angles. It's a a little bit of um, can I can I do this? No, you can't, mm-hmm. but, but God can. Um, it's just being met with unexpected challenges, um, uh, things that, you know, giving to the Lord in prayer um, and uh, just reminding myself that, that he is better um, than anything that can happen here, whether it's with the LifeWise thing or otherwise, mm-hmm. um, that he's better than that. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, he is who is holding me and everything together. Um, and he's worth um, trusting and obeying. Is there been a, uh, I mean, if you haven't been exposed to kind of like some public scorn before, mm-hmm. that can be shocking. And, and is, is there any, um, has there been any like, you know, these people don't know me. This isn't fair. I mean, I'm not this kind of person type that goes along with this. Well, it's funny because, I mean, the Lord was gracious to me in that too. Several years ago, I gave up social media. I have a LinkedIn account, uh, but that's it. And so I am oblivious to most of this, except so for great. what I've heard through other people. <laughs> like, oh, apparently <laughs> people are calling me names. I guess that's fine. Um, and um, because I know I probably would go to an unhealthy spot if yeah. I sat there and looked through everything. Yeah, that's great. Um, Tim, will you you told me a story about that meeting and her response to somebody. Can you just kind of go through that? Because I, I love this. Well, near the end of the meeting, you know, Sarah opened it up for questions and uh, one lady was kind of sternly asking a question, but it, it, it felt like a rebuke in the room uh, that she hadn't gone to the, um, what, what would you call it, superintendent of schools. This was kind of a person who's against this. Yeah. Showed up to kind of oppose it. I would say what she said in that uh, radio thing, sternly evaluating mm-hmm. there. And uh, she asked, was suggesting strongly that Sarah go to the superintendent. And, you know, obviously the, the LifeWise 10 steps, she, she isn't to that step yet to get school permission because we don't even know if you have a steering committee. you got to kind of get things together before mm-hmm. you say, hey, we're going to do this. And uh, I could feel the tension in the room, and um, I was watching Sarah and wondering how she was going to react. Uh, to this and Sarah looked right at this lady in such a gentle way and simply said that's beautiful he said such good advice (laughs) and (laughs) and, I mean I can tell you my wife and daughter and I we have laughed pretty hard about just the the I don't know what you'd call the beauty of the response the gentleness of the response and the innocence of the response and uh, I mean, that's that's who Sarah is. You know what I mean? Yep. She's just trying to be faithful to God to do this. And I've been in those settings where somebody is trying to be very critical and very 
but but trying to do it in a kind of an above board way that doesn't come across. They're yeah. they're really mad. Yeah. They really hate what you're doing. Yeah. But they can't really let that all out because it'll discredit them. And and I can just imagine how that that uh, diffused yeah. that that whole thing. And and we don't know what was in that lady's heart for sure. We don't know. Um, and uh, we pray. You know, we pray for people who are exposed to this that God would soften their hearts too to see that freedom is only found in Jesus, that he is life and the light of all mankind and that they would find life in him as well. You know, I, mean, I, I am on social media. And, and so I, I kind of, I don't spend a ton of time perusing through this stuff, but whenever I see some controversial thing uh, like this, and, and as par- specifically when there's people I know involved or, or Christians, one of the things I'm amazed by is the number of people who I know, who would call themselves Christians, who are willing to openly oppose things that are in line with what they claim to be. I, I just don't, I don't yeah. get it. We've got a, a battle of worldviews. Um, and protection of different things. People are protecting different things of the world and stuff like that. It's hard to, mm-hmm. you know, I think the thing I get from listening to all this is, and, and this is what we see happening is how many people God is touching like Sarah. Yes. I mean, he is stirring his people in the world to take action, to take steps outside of their comfort zone. And he has a unique calling for every person. And if, if, if people are hearing this, and they're, God might be preparing them to take initiative on something and do it. And I think what we can get from listening to this story is God will be faithful to you in it. Just step out and do what he stirs you to do. I mean, it's it, you, we don't know the cost, but he is worthy, as Sarah said, and worth our obedience to the very end. 100%. And, and I would say that if that's any of you out there, we'd love to hear your story. I mean, we'd love to respond to us at info at christiancrusaders.org and let us know what's the Lord calling you to do that maybe this conversation with Sarah helped you step out, take the next step of, out of your comfort zone and do um, Sarah, what would you say to anyone who's on the on the brink of, you know, they they think they might be hearing from the Lord on this or that, and I need to step out in this. I'm kind of uncomfortable. I've never done this before. What if people don't like me? Blah blah blah. What would you say? I would say I think you'll know when the Lord is calling you. Um, be prayerful, listen, and yeah, I think the listening part is is what's most important. You'll know. Yeah. You can't not do and it. And don't anymore. hide from it. Yeah. Don't run from it. Mm-hmm. You can't unrun, outrun the Lord. Yeah. We know that. Amen. My mind keeps going to John 20, you know, where it's um, John and Peter, and Jesus says to Peter, um, you know, when you were young, you did what you wanted. But now that you're older, I'm going to lead you into places maybe you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty shocking what he says to him. And Peter's, Peter's standing there, and he looks over and sees John, and he says to Jesus, well, what about John? <laughs> and Jesus says back to Peter, what is that to you? You follow me. Mm-hmm. And I think what God is saying to a lot of individuals like Sarah is, you know, you follow me. Mm-hmm. You listen to me. You do what. I'm calling you to do and don't worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'll be God's faithful to us and he'll lead us. And 
we want to pray for Sarah in that. Yeah. And pray for Sarah and pray for our listeners who mm. might be yeah. similarly stirred. Yeah. Father, thanks for the chance to uh, talk about your ways in our lives. Thank you for stirring Sarah in the way you have. And as we uh, share in this conversation, whoever's listening and even ourselves, help us have listening ears to you and a heart that wants to be seized by you, your love and your, your spirit, your spirit's strength, uh, to do whatever you would lead us to do. Help us uh, be faithful to you. And whatever you have planned for LifeWise in uh, the greater Cedar Valley, I pray that you would unfold that in your own time, in your own way, and guide Sarah in that. And thank you for the chance to discuss these things. Help us continue to have that heart to desire to honor you in all that we do. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just dawned on me while you were praying that some people, this might be their their first exposure to Tim. And so you can hear him preach uh, starting the new year every Sunday at the CC Broadcast. Uh, we've got a couple great podcasts with Tim and his family uh, around sports and athletics. Um, you're on a couple of the roundtables from NRB. And so... Um, and you'll be around more and more. So go check out Tim and those other places on, on different podcasts. And Sarah, thanks so much for being with us. Keep on keeping on. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.